Our final update before the Bills face the Broncos on Monday Night Football, an injury update with Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills, and my five predictions for Monday night are all coming your way today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, folks, it's going to be our last conversation here before the Bills face the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football. So I've got some final thoughts for you, including some analysis on the two recent practice squad additions. I want to talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills about the injuries. And, folks, he fixed his Internet stuff. He's worked really hard on that this week, and so you can enjoy a very clear conversation uh, with Dr. Kyle Trimble and I regarding the Bills and injuries. And then, of course, my five predictions for Monday Night Football coming up at the end. So let's get into it. We'll start with the practice squad additions. The Bills added tight end Trey McKitty and safety Trey Norwood to the practice squad. And these are two like NFL players, guys that have been fairly regular players over the last couple of years for their respective teams. And now they're on the Bills practice squad. Let's start with tight end Trey McKitty, third round pick in 2021 by the Chargers. I think it was number 97 overall. Came out of Florida State. And here's the deal with Trey McKitty. Really athletic dude, but he's never been very productive. Even with the Chargers, even at Florida State, production just hasn't been there. But there's an athletic profile that's been intriguing. There's a blocking ability that's intriguing, and there's just some upside here. Now, obviously, it hasn't come together, so you temper your enthusiasm, but this is a guy that has played in 34 games over the last two and a half years for the Chargers, 12 starts, and he helps the Bills at a position where they needed some depth, right? You have Dalton Kincaid. That's awesome. Dawson Knox has the wrist injury. Uh, He's on the injured reserve. Quentin Morris, uh, has that ankle injury. He played last week, but only two snaps. You have Joel Wilson on the practice squad. You needed more here uh, in terms of tight ends, especially a guy that can really help you as a blocker. And so it's nice to have him stashed away. And there's a ceiling there that makes him somewhat appealing. So temper your enthusiasms, but I think this is a very good midseason practice squad addition uh, to help the Bills at an area where the depth was a bit thin. Also at safety, Trey Norwood, seventh-round pick in 2021 out of Oklahoma by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's played in 32 games with six starts over the last two years for the Steelers, and he's never been a player that I've been overly high on. I studied him in Oklahoma, and I've seen him play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But what's intriguing about Trey Norwood is just a body at safety at a position where the Bills are going to have to make some tough choices moving forward. Uh, tough choices on Micah Hyde, tough choices on Jordan Poyer, 
Do you want to bring back Taylor Rapp? Is he really going to be a thing for you uh, beyond this season? And I think exposing yourself to players, especially a spot uh, where the Bills and Sean McDermott especially has had a lot of success developing talent, it's good to get your eyes on people. And, you know, Trey Norwood will have an exposure, a meaningful exposure to the Buffalo Bills, and perhaps he can be a depth player or a piece moving forward, but they're giving themselves a runway to evaluate him right now. Let's move on here in our final notes here before the Bills play the Broncos, and I want to just kind of recap the issues with the Buffalo Bills right now because they're a confusing team for a lot of people, and analytics say one thing, our eyeballs tell us another thing, and so I just want to just have a an overview conversation on what the issues are and identify them because it's important that the Bills start to go on a run here, especially these next two at home, Denver and the Jets. And then you got Philly, then you got Kansas City. We know what's coming up. But if you're going to make a run here, you got to have these next two games. And this is what I think just at a high level, what's going on with this football team. First of all, your offense. You have execution errors. And part of that is because they have to execute too much. You're not getting chunk plays. Teams are taking away your deep stuff. And when you have opportunities to throw the ball deep, it's not working. And I'll give you some numbers there. The last four games, Josh Allen on throws 20 yards or more down the field. He's four of 19 for 103 yards with one touchdown and one interception. Those numbers are not good. That completion percentage is 21%. That's 30th in the NFL. His yards per attempt, 5.4, which is 32nd. I mean, like the the least effective deep thrower in the NFL over the last four games. And so all of your drives, right, you have to sustain these drives and stack plays together, and that's hard to do. It's hard for everyone to be perfect for 9, 10, 11, 12 plays. You need some explosive plays, and right now that's not happening in the passing game for the Buffalo Bills. Now, to shed even more light on that, in the first five games of the season, Josh Allen was 9 of 19 for 298 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions on throws 20 yards or more down the field. That completion percentage of 47.4% was ninth best in the league. Yards per attempt of 15.7 was ninth best in the league. So you went from a top 10 vertical passer in Josh Allen in the first five games of the season to a bottom three deep passer in the last four games. You're not getting chunk plays, and so you're having to execute longer drives, and that's tough. You're not able to lean on yards after catch, right? So you want explosive plays. You think you have to get those by throwing the ball down the field. Well, some teams are able to throw the ball short, and guys can make people miss and create a lot of yards after catch. The Bills don't necessarily have that in their bag, and they certainly can't lean on the run game. And I think we felt a lot better about the run game earlier in the season when Dawson Knox was healthy, right? You know, that's a dynamic that I know everyone's all upset about Dawson Knox and the drops, but he was an asset as a blocker, and they certainly haven't had the run game production without Dawson Knox, including the couple games where he tried to play with a broken wrist. And so, yeah, you're not getting explosive plays. You're not getting yards after catch. You can't consistently lean on your run game. Your field position has been really poor. That's been a big narrative that's come out this week where you look at the Bills starting field position. It's like bottom tier in the NFL. They have the second most drives this season that start inside the 15-yard line. They've scored on seven of them. But that's still a lot of far fields, to, a lot of ground to cover. You're certainly turning over the football too much, right? 
you're not getting any takeaways on defense one in the last four games. And so just everything's harder. No explosive plays on offense or not enough. At least can't lean on the run game, turning the ball over too much. You have long fields all the time. You're not taking away the ball on defense. Your script to winning football games is just a lot harder than it needs to be because you're not doing a whole lot to help yourself. So if you're Sean McDermott and company, it is about complimentary football. I know that people don't like that word for whatever reason. I don't know why. Complimentary football just means offense, defense, special teams working together to be the best football team that you can be. But you can see this, right? Defense not getting stops, not getting takeaways. Not winning field position. The offense has to go further to score. The offense isn't executing consistently. They're not getting chunk plays. There's no run game element that they can consistently re- rely on. And that's what it is, folks. Just play better, right? That's what it comes down to. Just play better. Play better. And hopefully that starts Monday night against the Denver Broncos because, boy, oh, boy, does it need to. All right, we're going to talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble with a smooth internet connection here in just a moment, but I got to tell you about FanDuel, folks. Score early this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. In fact, I really like those player props. And in segment three, when I get to my predictions, there's two player props that I really, really like on FanDuel that I'm going to tell you about. So stick around for that. And of course, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off this NFL season and take advantage of that deal. Again, a $5 money line bet, a winning $5 money line bet gets you 150 bucks in bonus bets. So check it out. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I'm joined now by Kyle Trimble. He's a doctor of physical therapy. He runs bangedupbills.com. You can follow him on Twitter at bangedupbills. Joins us each week to talk injuries ahead of the Bills game. And let's actually start with a great story about uh, an injury that has been healed. And it's your connection to the internet that has given us some challenges this year, especially. And you've been doing a lot this week to get that fixed. And it looks like we're going to be good to go moving forward. Absolutely. It was quite the rat race the past week between talking with Spectrum, who is the primary mobile, the internet provider up here in Buffalo, talking with them to figure out my speeds, between getting a new modem and router to getting this Ethernet dongle thing that plugged me in, which seemed like that fixed the issue. Um, There's a lot of time spent into it, but I appreciate people reaching out because otherwise I wouldn't have known about the connection issue. And I know as an avid listener podcast and whatnot, I think it's important to have good audio quality. So I appreciate those reaching out and I definitely want to pr- provide the best product possible. So you guys have uh, good listening content off the injury report. All right. So let's get to things that are on the injury report. And we got a couple of players that are ruled out for Monday night football, two players in the secondary Christian Benford and Micah Hyde. Let's start with Christian Benford bill starting number one corner, presumably right with Tredavious white out hamstring injury. Didn't practice all week. Didn't finish the game uh, against the Bengals on Sunday night. He's out. We talking long term here. What's your what's your forecast on Benford? You hope it's not long term, but just to give some context, he did suffer the injury late in practice on Friday before the Bengals game. He didn't have a designation going into the game, but it was something to watch there. 
And then late in the second quarter on, I believe it was a Drew Sample touchdown, um, the second mm. touchdown of the game for the Bengals. Uh, he was with his assignment, whoever it was on the opposite side of the field, he went to go turn and kind of came up lame. And then they said afterward he could have come back in after the game if they needed to, and he didn't. But the fact that he tweaked a hamstring and they said it was the right side because they had a sleeve on it wasn't great for them to be uh, playing this week here. So it was really no surprise that Benford was not going to play at all and that he was ruled out. I'm surprised they didn't say that earlier in the, the day before they had that Saturday practice. But um, he's going to be out this game, potentially next, depending on how severe it is. And then you start getting into, you know, is it going to be a longer duration because of the bye week? So it's kind of see how that plays out. But out for week 10, and we'll see about week 11. You know he wants to play against Philly. Right. I mean, Villanova, that's going to be a big one for him. So we'll, we'll, maybe that's the target return. But the Bills are banged up at corner. I mean, Trey White, Kyrie Elam's on IR. You got Christian Benford's missing this game. You're starting Dane Jackson, who's your third corner and a guy you traded for last week. And uh, this the injuries on defense continue, especially in the secondary. And of course, we'll continue that with Micah Hyde, who has been ruled out for Monday Night Football, didn't practice all week with a neck stinger designation. We know that. He got hurt a couple of times against Cincinnati um, and won't be available on Monday night. I'm assuming Taylor Rapp will start in his place, and he's certainly got a lot of opportunity in this defense. So you like that experience, but you certainly like to have Micah Hyde available on Monday night, and that won't be the case. Absolutely. Um, He would be great to have, but I think this is more precautionary considering the issue he had last year Mm. where he required the uh, cervical fusion. So just to give a quick recap with that, he fell on his – lower neck, upper back area, trying to uh, guard Jamar Chase along with Dane Jackson late in the second quarter, missed one play. And then late in the fourth quarter, he had gotten blindside blocked and um, landed on his left shoulder. And then he was on the sideline kind of working on his left arms, which meant the singer might have been lingering, which isn't a surprise with the singer itself. But the fact that he didn't practice all week might have been precautionary. Say, hey, your history, you're older. You know, not saying that they can overlook the Broncos by any means, but maybe they're just looking at the longer term expectations of Hyde need them for the long run instead of having this thing kind of be lingering. We've seen that with other injuries in the past where stingers, the individual stinger doesn't necessarily last, but you can have repeated stingers because things are irritated in there. So that's part of those saying, hey, let's let this thing calm down, get fully right, and then you're good to go for the next week, especially against, um, you know, more. Um, more serious competition there. So I don't believe anything was disrupted from his original surgery last year. If there was some type of instability, he would have probably been shut down and, you know, that would have been a bigger story. But hopefully it's more precautionary and saving him for uh, bigger fish to fry. Terrell Bernard, Bill's starting middle linebacker, uh, concussion, right? He didn't finish the game against Cincinnati with a concussion. Has been limited all week. He's questionable for Monday night. So I'm, just, I'm sure it's just a matter of getting through the protocol. but. Curious what clues you have for us about where he's at, what we need to look for uh, to see if perhaps he can play Monday night. And I'll also add this layer to it. Bills need Terrell Bernard on Monday night, if at all possible. The Broncos throw the ball to running backs a ton. They have the second most catches in the NFL among the running backs, 52 catches in eight games. The team with number that's number one in running back catches has played nine games, right? So this is a, a big deal here. You need him in coverage. What are you thinking for Monday night? He has the extra day. That's the only thing I can lean towards saying he might play. 
Um, that is one benefit because we saw the same thing play out with Dalton Kincaid a few yeah. weeks ago. He was all ready to go. We even saw that there was a you know clip of him without the practice jersey on, the non-contact jersey, and then he had been um, ruled out later on. So I'm just holding my breath and see what happens there. The extra day does help, and we haven't seen him without it, but – the Bills have been really cagey, which isn't a surprise given Sean McDermott. I've not given us a ton of information coming off the concussion information with regards to if these guys are practicing with that jersey on and when they're going to be cleared or whatnot. So uh, that in itself is not a surprise, but w- there wasn't any additional clues other than it was promising to see him out there hitting the blocking sled, catching balls, everything else like that. We just haven't seen him get into full contact uh, without the red practice jersey. So hopefully he does clear. We have had instances where guys have limited, been limited all week in play. We've also had instances where they've been limited all week and don't play. So it's a wait-and-see approach on uh, Monday. All right, one last question here because the defensive injuries, right? It's it, The injuries the Bills are facing this year, they skew very heavily towards the defense. And we actually had someone reach out uh, through my subtext community and wanted to just ask, like, yo, is there something up with this? Why, why are they so banged up on defense? Not that we want it. We want more injuries on offense, right? Well, less injuries overall, but come on, this is crazy how many defensive players are injured and the offense remains relatively healthy. What can you tell us about that? So you uh, texted me about this and I looked into that and, you know, through my vast research database I have, I was able to kind of look at this a little bit more uh, cleanly than if I had trying to dig all this stuff up at the time. So it was real interesting how the injuries to the offensive defense have, uh, played out since 2017 because I always kind of use 2017 as a benchmark because that's when McDermott uh, first started coaching. That's when I started doing all the injury analysis. So it's always been kind of a good um, starting point, especially for sample size. So look at 2017 through 2020 offense had dominated the injury list. So when I say dominated, there was more instances of a player being on the injury report that were offense than defense. And so I looked at his instance was, okay, let's say it was a hamstring where you're on there for three weeks. Okay. Each week count as an instance. So there's more times where an offensive player was on the injury report for a given injury. And then that started to transition in 2021. It was slightly in the defense's favor. And then last two years went heavily in the defensive favor. Why that is, I don't know. Um, doing all this stuff, there wasn't a smoking gun that I could say, hey, this is the reason behind it there. Um, I looked at the starters, uh, whether there was maybe more starters that were involved. And the numbers varied from season to season, but it wasn't like it was heavily skewed one way or the other. Um, it just seems like the past few years, the defense has be- become more banged up. They also are older. Um, it's unfortunate because the defense is the calling card for Sean McDermott. That's why he got this job. And it's unfortunate that when you're in tight games and you need to be winning and they can't step up what they need to. And then of course the offense has its own issues uh, due to play calling and whatnot. But if somebody wants to look at this stuff and figure out a little bit more what we're missing here, it's just really interesting how the, the injuries shifted from the offense to the defense. And it really hasn't been, you know, impacting the record too much because even last year, there were 95 defensive injuries in terms of instances for 72, and they still went 13 and three. This year it's 45 defense, and so far offense is 20, and they're five and four. I mean, how do you go 13 and three and then five and four? Is it you know depth issues? Is it the loss of particular starters? That's where we don't know, and it's just it's interesting to look at. And if somebody has ideas how to dig into this further, I'm all ears. All right, he's Dr. Kyle Trimble. Follow him on Twitter at Banged Up Bills. Big shout out for your 
efforts to get the internet connection all ironed out. Everything was smooth today and presumably will be moving forward. Hopefully the Bills injury reports are smooth going forward as well. Dr. Kyle Trimble, thank you for your time. Thank you. Go Bills. Folks, I got to tell you about game time. We all love going to sporting events. We love going to concerts, comedy, and sometimes the ticket purchasing process, it can be stressful. It doesn't have to be. Check out game time. It is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, all-in prices, views from your seat, and a best price guarantee. They also have these flash deals on last-minute tickets. So check it out. Get this app. It's super easy to navigate. And they also send the tickets when you buy them right to your phone. You don't have to dig through emails or nothing like that. They have perfected the ticket purchasing process. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Get yourself to Highmark Stadium for a Bills game. You want to go see the Sabres play? You can get tickets right on game time. So download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, folks, it is prediction time here on this podcast. Very excited to deliver those for you. Uh, before I get into them, I would love to extend an invitation to you to join the Lockdown Bill subtext community. We are having fun, and I don't want you to miss out. So what is it? Well, first of all, it's me and you texting back and forth. I send out a lot of mass, mass text messages. I give you all my in-game analysis. So as the Bills are playing games, I send out all my thoughts pretty much after every drive. I send out some thoughts on what I'm seeing and what I'm hoping to see uh, the rest of the game. You also get my first reaction to all major Bills news. So whenever that happens, I send out uh, an analysis text to everybody. Also, one-on-one -on -one text conversation. So you got questions about the Bills, you know, send them my way. We text back and forth throughout the course of the week. That's really, really fun. We've also added a Discord channel to go with it. So if you have the Lockdown Bills subtext, if you're a subscriber there, you get access to our Discord channel, which has been incredible. We've got Hundreds of people in there. We're talking bills. We're talking sabers, fitness. We're talking life. It's a lot of fun in there. And I also send my film clips. So when I do my all 22 review, I spend the day just dumping film clips in there with analysis, kind of talking through certain things that I'm seeing on tape. That is a great compliment to uh, the all 22 review episode. So join us. There's a link in today's show notes. Uh, so if you want to join, click on the show notes. If you're on YouTube or wherever you listen to this podcast, and you can be part of the Lockdown Bills subtext community and also have access to that Discord channel. Check it out. We're having a lot of fun. All right, prediction time. I went three for five last week, folks. Maybe we're turning the corner. I feel pretty good about these this week. We'll see how it goes. My first prediction, number one, I think the Bills defense gets three or more sacks in this game. I know the pass rush hasn't been um, what we want it to be lately. But I think this is a ripe opportunity to get some sacks. Um, well, first of all, Russell Wilson gets sacked a lot, 11% of the time over the last four games, I think over 10% uh, so far this season. He's a quarterback that would rather take a sack than uh, th like throw the ball into a tight window. That's just kind of the quarterback that he's always been. So he gets sacked a lot. He invites a lot of pressure to himself. He's not good against the blitz. And so a lot of the recipes here, right, a lot of the formulas that work for the Bills to get sacks are true about Russell Wilson. So put me down for three or more sacks for the Bills defense on Monday night. Number two, I think the interception streak that the Bills have, I mean the non-interceptions, I think it continues. I don't think the Bills get an interception in this game. 
Um, and they haven't had one since the Miami game. And that's unfortunate, but I don't think it changes this week. I hope it does. I hope I'm wrong about this. But Russell Wilson just doesn't really throw a lot of interceptions. He doesn't like to put the ball in harm's way. He's one of those quarterbacks that when you just watch him play, you think to yourself, yeah, that's a guy that cares about passer rating. He just does, right? Like, kind of doesn't like to throw the ball away. He doesn't like those incompletions. You know, he'll take some goofy sacks just to kind of avoid anything. So I don't think he's going to throw an interception. I don't think he's going to give you a chance to throw an interception. Very risk-averse quarterback in that regard. Um, so, unfortunately, I don't think the Bills get an interception this week. Law of averages says I'm wrong, but I think the style of opponent that you're facing um, is, you know, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. Russ just doesn't want to throw picks. It's evident in the way that he plays. Number three, I got these are my two FanDuel prop bets. I feel good about both of these, especially this one. And you're going to be surprised by this. If you go to FanDuel.com, there's a player prop available for you for Gabe Davis in this game. They put his over-under for receptions at two and a half. I'm smashing the over on that. Really, Joe? Really? You're going to go in on Gabe doing something productive? Yes, I am. First of all, that's not a very high bar to clear. Two and a half? Two and a, he's got to get three catches for this to hit? But also, Gabe at home is a very different player in terms of production than Gabe away from home. So, so far in four total road games, true road games, we'll throw out the London game. Who cares about that? That was, that was fake. That was in London. In four true road games this year, he has a total of four catches. That's it. Four catches. In four true road games this year, in four true home games, games played at Highmark Stadium, he has 21 catches. So he averages one catch per game on the road this year. He averages 5.25 per game at home. Smash the over on two and a half receptions. Plus, I think he's going to have a reasonable matchup against Fabian Moreau. I like that. I like that for Gabe, getting giving him some, some chances to, to catch a few passes in this game. And I also think that they're going to want to kind of get back into some of that RPO stuff. Again, uh, speed rushers for Denver. Uh, and I think part of the way that you can you can slow them down is with the RPO stuff. And I think that helps that helps Gabe Davis get a lot of production. Think about uh, the Bucks game, right? I think you can see some of those elements translating. I think he gets three or more catches. The next FanDuel prop that I like, my fourth prediction, is over 267 and a half passing yards for Josh Allen. Um, again, Josh is, Josh has been productive this year. It's not like the frustrations with the bills offense is not really tied to Josh Allen's production. He's been productive, um, scores lots of touchdowns, the most touchdowns in the league, pretty good in passing yards. I think he's top five in passing yards, especially at home. He's been really good at home. Uh, so I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna put on a little bit of a show. I'm, I'm kind of expecting a big game for Josh. I really am. I think there's some matchups here that I really like in that back seven. I like how Kincaid's playing. Of course, I like how Diggs is playing. I like how Shakir's playing. If Davis can give you like home version of Davis, I think there's going to be some chances for the running backs here. I, I just like some of these matchups. And so I think 267 and a half for Josh Allen at home, Monday night football, backs against the wall, people questioning and doubting this offense. I think Josh is going to come out and put up some put up some yards. I really do. So I'm smashing the over on 267 and a half passing yards for Josh Allen. I'm also predicting a Bills win. I, I've, I just don't. Of course, I see the path for Denver to win the game. I always see the path for the opposition to win. The Bills are a different team at home. They have been this year. Um, you know, they've got 
what, four losses. They're all away from Highmark Stadium. Um, I think it's a different team at home. And it's a Denver team coming off of a bye. And I'm sure that helps them to an extent. But this is also a Bills team coming off of a loss. And the Bills are very good coming off of a loss. Number two in win percentage since 2020. Highest average margin of victory since 2020 coming off of a loss. I think they take care of business on Monday Night Football. So recapping my predictions, three sacks for the Bills defense, no interceptions for the Bills defense, Gabe Davis over two and a half receptions, Josh Allen over 267 and a half passing yards, and put me down for a Buffalo Bills win. All right, folks, that's going to do it. The haze in the barn for this week, I guess. I know it's kind of a new week, but in terms of our preparations for the Denver Broncos, we've done all we can do here on this podcast. All that's left is for the game to be played and for the Bills to score more points than the Denver Broncos, get a win, and start stacking these things up. The Jets is the next game, and uh, hopefully this Bills team can start to go on a run and get this season on track and be the Buffalo Bills that we want and expect them to be. All right, as always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review. Join the Locked On Bills subtext community. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again after the game.